for the first time in our industry that you have the conversational AI, the brain, and the automation capabilities with the low-code, no-code coming together. Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast from Uniform, the podcast that dives into real conversations that are happening in contact centers around the world. Here you'll experience exciting interviews with well-known thought leaders, hear compelling stories from industry experts, gain fresh insights on contact center best practices and more. So grab a beverage and tune in as we get real with conversations that matter. Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Jeannie Walters, and I'm CEO of Experience Investigators and a CX speaker. And today I'm here on behalf of Unifor. We're going to have a fireside chat with the CEO of Unifor, Umesh Sashdev, who just completed the acquisition of Jakarta. So we'll also have with us the former CEO of Jakarta, Yokai Rosenblatt. And Umesh, I would love to start and ask you to introduce yourself first. Jeannie, it's uh, great to be talking to you and uh, Yochai as well. Today, I'm founder and CEO of Unifor, and I'm joining in today from our headquarters in Palo Alto. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yochai. Yes. Hi, uh, Jeannie, and uh, hi, Umesh. I believe I'm the ex-CEO of Jakarta because uh, yesterday we just uh, completed uh, the uh, acquisition of uh, Jakarta by Unifor, and I'm very happy to be here uh, with the uh, two of you uh, to speak about this uh, very important and strategic uh, acquisition. Excellent. Thank you. Well, yeah, let's start there. How did this acquisition come to be? And, and you know, how, what's the story of how you two found each other and started working together? Umesh, why don't we start with you? Yeah, Jeannie, I'm a big believer in, in destiny, you know, and the story is Jakarta is for the last 30 years, a very respected, well-known brand who has disrupted and created uh, technology, pushed the envelope uh, in terms of CX and contact centers. And, you know, my team had been tracking Jakarta. There had been several uh, discussions in the company about partnerships, and that's the kind of product we need in our portfolio, etc. And so as things would have it, I think both the Jakarta and Unifor colleagues wanted Yokai and I to meet. So he and I uh, decided to meet at a coffee shop in Manhattan two years ago. I remember that. And it was a very fabulous meeting. <laughs> it was a great meeting. I got to know Yokai. I got to meet him for the first time, his background. He's been a leader in the industry for several decades and brings tremendous amount of experience. So I had a lot to learn in the meeting and looks like I couldn't come back and stop talking about them. So I met a private equity friend here in Silicon Valley and late 2019, around November, December timeframe, I must have mentioned to them that, listen, when Unifor grows to our, our vision and in the next couple of years, here's the kind of company that we'll be fortunate if we can partner with or acquire or anything like that. So come March of 2021, one and a half years after Yokai and I met, we got a call from my private equity friend. And they said, you know, we got a ping from an investment banker and they think that the company you were interested in might be looking for a partner or a potential acquirer. Would you want to take a look? And I said, first of all, thank you for remembering that you and I had this conversation. And that gave me a chance to reach back to Yokai. And I said, Yokai, how have you been? And it's been a while. Let's reconnect. So that's how things reconnected. And I have to say, 
during the process, the more we unpeeled, this gave us a chance to learn more, the more we fell in love with uh, the team, the culture, the products, the customers, and just how Yochai and his leadership team have built the company. So I feel very fortunate. It's great to be joining forces with Yochai and his team and onwards and upwards. Excellent. Oh, what a story. I love that. And Yochai, what do you think this partnership will bring to the customers that you have as well as the industry overall? So uh, first of all, I, I like to join uh, Umesh with my side of the story that uh, we found also an amazing uh, partnership uh, from all the different aspects with uh, Unifor. And to your questions, I think that uh, for and foremost, we need to bring value to our customers. And this is, I think, the, uh, the, the, the peer that's leading this uh, acquisition. We at um, Jakarta, we had, we can say, the, uh, the execution elements of the uh, processing by automating them and make things happen. Uh, what Unifor brings to the, uh, uh, this uh, acquisition is the brain, because otherwise we were always uh, looking for uh, the elements that can trigger the automation. And I think that that's the great match that we bring here. It's finally, uh, for the first time in our industry, that you have the conversational AI, the brain, and the automation capabilities with the low-code, no-code coming together. And this is uh, nothing less than a, a great revolution uh, that we can bring together to this market. Uh, if you combine that with um, the aggressive growth of Unifor, I think that uh, it's, a, it's a very, very exciting uh, proposition that we're coming to the market with. Excellent. Well, and I know that in the last 24 months or so, Life has changed for all of us. Leaders are experiencing different things. I know the leaders I'm working with are saying they can't really predict what's happening. So when you look at contact centers specifically and the industry around that, what do you think has changed since the beginning of the pandemic, since this era that we're all living through together? Umesh, what do you think? So Jeannie, you've been uh, watching this space. You've been predicting trends and we all learn from each other, but Here's the thing that has occurred uh, in the pandemic. The need for AI and automation has accelerated like never before in the space. And the reason is very simple for our viewers to, to recognize that I remember in March of 2020, pandemic had just come in and we were frantically calling some of our customers to check what's the impact on their business, how can we react, how can we help. And I found some of our customers, especially in uh, hospitality, travel, airlines, they were telling us that their call center traffic quadrupled in two months because people were calling for cancellations. They didn't know what to do. Branches and airports were being shut down and things like that. And this was also occurring at a time where the 15 million call center workers uh, that powered this industry were being disrupted from their place of work, right? The word call center or contact center, the center in it was always meant to be a physical location that this operation runs out of. And now it was work from anywhere, right? So our contact center workers were being told, hey, go back home and we're going to give you equipment so that you can start to do these calls. So there was a period where demand had gone up, a number of calls had gone up, and the uh, worker efficiency was low because people were scrambling to get the work from anywhere going. And so the only way that in, the, in these times the demand and supply gap can be met 
is with AI and automation. And so what that has done fundamentally, in my opinion, looking forward, is that the acceleration of requirement of apps like agent assist or self-service or analytics and quality anywhere in the process where automation can come in and bring efficiency, deliver a better customer experience, the need for that has increased. And it's increased to a certain level where I think there's going to be half a billion to a billion new apps in this area that's going to be required in the next three years. And the reason I say that is think about every industry, right? Healthcare is unique. Telecom service providers are unique. Banks are unique. And within each customer, each process is an app. Now, how do you meet that kind of demand of apps and AI and automation? Well, the only way to do it is to democratize the way of developing this. Because developers sitting in companies like Unifor or Jakarta or any of our peers will not meet that demand. Okay, And so the fascinating thing for me was Jakarta had done this industry-first, low-code, no-code development framework. And in diligence, as I came to know about it, they said they have developed this for the business user. And I said, explain what you mean by business user, right? And, you know, the, the framework that Jakarta developed was meant to be used by supervisors or call center representatives in an easy way that they can develop these apps. Just think about the power we are unleashing here. It, it's no more only dependent on a computer science professional in a Silicon Valley company like Unifor, we are democratizing the power of AI and automation and saying the representatives who receive these calls, who know the most about that business, are now going to be in a position to create these workflows, to create these apps, all right? And so to me, that is an unbelievable revolution that we are about to unleash on this industry. And we hope to lead it, but hopefully several will follow. Well, for people like me who work in customer experience but are not developers, <laughs> this is very exciting news. So, and Yokai, I'm curious, what have you heard from the leaders that you're working with, from those contact center supervisors, from the people who are interacting with, you know, your products and also just what are they dealing with right now? What keeps them up at night? What do you think? Yeah, so that's uh, actually very interesting because, uh, when you talk to uh, leaders of the contact center and we are doing it on a regular basis, you first of all, the old problems, the old problems, they didn't go away. The uh, uh, you know average handling time, the first call resolution, the operational sides of the contact center are still there and customer satisfaction, of course, is, uh, is there more than ever. But now they have a new set of problems that came because of the, uh, the changes uh, of, uh, of working from home. And over the years, we saw a lot of attempts of, uh, of companies, some of them BPOs, to uh, try to move to the working from home model. Some of them were, I would say, semi-successful in this attempt. But now everybody had to move to, uh, to working from home. And now, suddenly, they have to recruit people remotely. They have to recruit a contact center agent without even seeing them. They have to train them remotely. So what we are bringing to the market is, first of all, the time to train is much shorter because when you have automation, when you have conversational AI, then the, um, I would say, uh, the need for the knowledge from the agent uh, perspective is much lower because we are pushing the information to them based on what is happening in the call in real time. 
we can summarize the call once it ends without them need to invest a lot of work. Uh, so all these new challenges of the, uh, the contact center operators can be uh, mostly solved by the offering that we're doing. That's exciting. Well, and I think that when we hear from customers, one of the things that they say over and over is, I want to be recognized for who I am and where I am in the journey. And automation and AI allows them to be seen that way in ways that weren't available in the past. So that's really important to the overall customer experience as well. And, you know, just for my benefit, because I'm not a genius like the two of you when it comes to technology. I'm curious, how do you describe low-code, no-code to somebody like me who maybe isn't isn't a developer? So Jeannie, the simplest way to, to think about it is that, you know, in the past, whether it's applications related to AI or automation, CX or otherwise, a computer program has had to be written to develop these workflows, these complex applications, to make sure they run in, with stability, et cetera. And if you think about what that computer program represents is that somebody created a design and architecture, and the program now is executing that to that design and architecture. Low-code, no-code says that we are going to put a layer of user interface, which is extremely simple, intuitive, is consumer-grade, like the iPhone, and will help non-developers, non-tech users to be able to create that design, use a drag and drop canvas, and just connect the dots and say, here's the application I want, click run, and it comes to life, all right? That's really the vision, and I've had that vision for several years, and what Yokai's team had already developed was a very mature version of that vision. And now, like Yokai said, Combine that with Unifor's industry-leading artificial intelligence capabilities that we've developed over these years, this is an amazing opportunity for us to, like you and I had just discussed a moment ago, to go to non-developers, but people who know contact centers intimately and say, you know, you don't have to learn computer science or coding to be able to put your vision to into a reality. Wow. Yeah, I would like to add that in the last two months uh, before the closing that just happened, we invested a lot of work and a lot of uh, thinking about how to integrate the products in the most efficient and fast way. And in a, in a couple of months from now, you will have the uh, complete portfolio uh, of Unifor sitting on one platform. And this platform will be able to meet the, uh, the business uh, ongoing changes uh, needs of the business with the low-code, no-code, low-code options. So uh, that's something that is, um, it's not a, you know, way uh, in the future. It's something that is happening in a couple of months. Well, and I think what's so exciting that I'm hearing is the people who are really delivering the customer experience, really the ones who are interacting with the customers who understand what's happening they're going to have this new superpower, right? To actually make things happen in ways that really reflect the most positive customer experience they can create. So that's really exciting to hear. And now for a short break, let's learn more about Unifor. Unifor is the global leader in conversational service automation. The company's vision is to disrupt an outdated customer service model by bridging the gap between human and machine using voice, AI, and automation. 
so that every voice on every call is truly heard. For more information about Unifor, go to www.unifor.com, email podcast at unifor.com, or tweet at Unifor. Now back to the podcast. You know, we've talked a little bit about AI and automation and how it might impact the customer experience, but I wonder, let's expand that lens a little bit. What else can AI and automation do for customer experience and for the businesses who want to deliver on those? Umesh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Well, the one key thing, and I'm a dreamer, Jeannie, so I, I always think about what's the art of the possible, and then I work backwards to say, okay, technology is something we need to figure out, but let's let's think about what the world needs. And so the one thing that I've been dreaming of for uh, a few years now is that as we get more and more mature with this AI, for it to understand in real time these conversations, for it to trigger automation and RPA workflows in real time, the key element about customer experience that you and I love when we talk to any call center representative is empathy, is the engagement, is the sentiment that, you know, we, we call it chemistry. This was such a great experience. I just spoke to some somebody who's really nice, etc. And so, again, how do we push the envelope in technology to a detect emotions, sentiment, and then coach our representatives in a way that they, they are able to transform the way they communicate. Because, you know, we all know that these representatives uh, many times are, are young workers, young professionals who join the trade, and they have a learning curve, right? They have a learning curve in terms of the knowledge, which, like Yochai said, we are solving for them by bringing knowledge on their screen at the time of the call, right? So we're solving that big issue. But also, how do you make them extremely tra- well-trained communicators, such that the caller who might be calling in distress or for a complaint or for a piece or a question walks away saying, not only did I get the best service, this was a delightful conversation, all right? And so that's the next area frontier for us that we're pushing the envelope on. Mm -hmm. I love that. And empathy is so critical to every part of what we're doing with customers. And I love that the automation and the AI will actually support the human being because it's not replacement, it's about supporting what they're doing. May I add to, uh, to that, uh, you know, I had the, uh, the honor to be about more than 20 years uh, in the contact center uh, business. And um, I always heard from the, the early days that I joined this market that calls are about to disappear. Uh, and if you're looking at the number of calls and the number of agents, they're only growing. Now, even if we assume that they will stop growing and they will stay as they are, these calls are not going away. And one thing that we do see over the years is because of the uh, services that many of these uh, B2C companies are providing to their customers are getting more complex. The agent really uh, need to focus on the customer and their problems and not be uh, like uh, I would call it API that um, needs to really integrate all the enterprise backend system and frontend system uh, while they are trying to solve a problem. And I'll give you, you know, a, a personal story is always, uh, is always great. A few days ago, I had to change my flight and this change required additional payment. So listen to that. I was about to give the agent my credit card number And the agent told me, can you hold on for a second? I need to stop the recording because I cannot record 
your credit card, you know, with all these security numbers, etc. And I, I told the agent, you know, we have, a, we have a solution for that. Why? And it's not a small company. If it was like, you know, a small company in the middle of nowhere, no, it's one of the biggest airline and they need to stop the recording. And when I finish, they need to turn the recording on. Now, think about this agent working from home. First of all, they don't have to tell me to stop it. And second, how do I know that they stop it? This is something that we can easily solve to our customers. We can base on the conversation uh, with the Unifor technology, know exactly when to stop the recording and know exactly when to turn it on. And the Jakarta the, uh, technology, the automation, can make sure that it's happening in the background. Just a small example of, um, of how critical this service can be. And I love that example because, again, we're talking about instead of putting the technology kind of first, we're putting the customer journey first. And we're thinking about what is it that the customer needs in this moment and how can this technology actually support that. And that, to me, is really exciting because I think we've spent a lot of time on the other side of that in the last decade or so in some cases. So this is where customer experience should be moving. Yeah, it's, it's customer experience and it's agent experience. We should not underestimate the churn problem that uh, our customers have. The, turn, uh, the turnover in the, in the contact center is very, very high. And then they need to train these people. They need to recruit them. It costs them a lot of uh, uh, money, and it's also hurt customer service. If you improve the agent environment, they will also stay longer and they will be happy and give a better customer service. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. All right. Well, you you started this with a coffee date, right? <laughs> and so now I am going to ask a few rapid fire questions because we want in on what happened there in that coffee date. We want to know a little bit more about you. So so, Umesh, what's one thing that's not on your LinkedIn profile that you want to share? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, the one thing that's not on my LinkedIn profile is that in my university days and when I was doing computer science engineering, I was the lead vocalist of a band called DOA, Dead on Arrival. Nice. And we were a rock band that would cover GNR and Deep Purple songs, and we would open events, etc., and I had long hair and and very wow. different dressing style, et cetera. Oh, my goodness. And that one's really hard to put on my LinkedIn. <laughs> we need video. We need video of this. <laughs> something I didn't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> Yokai, what about you? What I didn't put on my LinkedIn are two things. First of all, that I'm a terrible golfer. So I, I didn't think it's going to help. But I'm a diehard cyclist. So... Uh, uh, I really like to uh, bike uh, uh, everywhere, and uh, this is uh, really my uh, my passion out uh, out of work. Oh, excellent! Okay, good. I call myself the world's slowest runner. That's my <laughs> my passion, but I I'm super slow. But if you could automate one thing in your life, if you could wave that magic wand and automate it, what would it be? And Yokai, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, washing dishes, because this is my role uh, at the house. So I, if I can automate that, and then the machine is still not where it should be. I cannot take it from the sink and put it there. You know, if I could automate that, it would be perfect for me. Excellent. Excellent. And Umesh, what about you? So Yochai and I have similar situations at home. I'm a foodie, but I'm terrible at cooking. I hate it. 
And I also land in trouble when I make too many demands from my wife of different things that I want to try on the weekend, etc. So if I had a magic wand and whatever I'm thinking about eating uh, for dinner that night and it appears in front of me, that would be amazing. Nice. I like I that would please a lot of people, I think. <laughs> but Jeannie, what about you? What would you automate in your life? You know, I think my husband is a wonderful cook. And so I'm spoiled in that regard. And I think I would, uh, it's when he's out of town <laughs> that I, I get stuck. So I think I'm with you. I would want to just make wonderful food appear when I need it to. I joke that my children are my coffee button because I sometimes text them and say, please start my coffee when they're downstairs. So I've automated that a little bit. And what about your, you know, there have been some great movies and books that have incorporated the idea of AI, even if maybe when we read it now, it might not be exactly accurate. But what are some of your favorite movies or books that have incorporated the ideas of AI? Umesh, why don't we start with you? Well, I'm most fascinated and I think I'm going to live my entire life living the dream that Iron Man and Tony Stark showed us with Jarvis. Mm. And not just the Jarvis in his suit, which is the assistant, but Jarvis at home where it helps him develop crazy technology. So, you know, there are times in the Unifor conference room where we're doing a product ideation or we're doing a whiteboarding. And I say, imagine I'm Tony Stark and I have this thing, this building coming up and I'm going to flip it. And here's how it look. Did you get it? But people don't get it. <laughs> That's a great example. You okay? Yeah, my, my favorite movie is Back to the Future, you know, because uh, we've seen, I think, in the last couple of years that no matter what we think that will happen in the future, you know, um, there's always something that surprises us. So uh, if we can automate and build this kind of a machine, they take us uh, to the future, but also to the past. There are parts in the past that are extremely fascinated that I would love to be there. So uh, that's my favorite movie. Nice, nice. I like the way in Star Wars, sometimes they gather around and they have the planet in front of them and they figure out how they're going to attack based on all sorts of technology. That that would be pretty neat. Not that we're attacking anyone. <laughs> and, you know, we all, as we go through our professions, turn to different people as mentors. I'm wondering, do you still have mentors? Are you looking up to people? Do you reach out and get advice from different people? And who are your mentors? Yokai, why don't we start with you? Sure. Yeah, I think that uh, if you are not uh, willing to learn from other people, you will not going to get anywhere. And so I, I'm, I, my, my life philosophy is to listen and learn from people that I can learn from. And I'll surprise you that uh, my mentor in the last few years is my neighbor. <laughs> I was blessed with uh, a neighbor that... Um, is really one of the smartest uh, guy that uh, that I met, and uh, a couple of times in the in the last few years, I came to him, and uh, the advice and the coaching that he gave me really uh, helps me a lot. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to move uh, unless he moves somewhere else, you know, because uh, it's very <laughs> convenient that he's just uh, on, on the other side of the street. Uh, so that's my mentor. And they say you, you never know about your neighbors until you move in. It sounds like you really lucked out with that one. So that's really great. Yeah. What about you, Umesh? Who do you turn to for advice or wisdom? Well, Jeannie, I'm, I'm a lot like Yochai in this one. I'm, I think I'm a student of life. 
I'm constantly trying to learn from people, even if sometimes they don't know they're teaching me. Sometimes I'm learning passively by watching people's YouTube videos. I'm learning from my colleagues. I'm learning from customers. But the one that in the last few years I've gone uh, several times to in times of dilemma or personal development, etc., has been John Chambers. Unifor has been fortunate to have him as a board member. And he says he's my wingman in uh, building this amazing company. And I'm, I'm just fortunate to have him by my side. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this incredibly insightful conversation. I know I'm not the only one who's really excited to see what Unifor will do, where the industry is going, and what will happen next with customer experience. So thank you so much to Umesh and Yokai. My name is Jeannie Walters. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast by Unifor. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player and rate and review to enable us to create relevant and valuable content for your business. If you'd like to learn more about conversational service automation, visit unifor.com. Have a great day.